Oh, look at that. I accidentally hit record. Oh, <laughs> look oh. at that. Oh. <laughs> that I mean, actually does mean I have to turn turn on the YouTube voice. Hi. <laughs> you would have thought that being a professional, that you'd actually, you know, know what he was doing and not accidentally hit the record button, but... It's almost as if it was planned. Yeah, almost. <laughs> or you made it look like it was planned. How? Did, how? I'm the only one in the room. How could I make it look like it was... <laughs> You, can, so you, you, you forget, can't see it. You forget. I have the cameras. Oh my god! <laughs> Did you enjoy the show last night? I'm not gonna lie. It was pretty good, even with you just on your own, mate. It was impressive. Joe. Just sometimes, you know, you, you just gotta enjoy an apple pie. Hey, look, mate. If, if that's what you need to do, yeah, uh, that's what you need to do. Sometimes you just gotta take a bit of time for yourself. It's not yeah. an issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really do, not a do you, did you prefer the custard or cream aspect? Uh, <laughs> I think it's more impressive if you've got your five a day. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome to the... What was we called again? Not a clue. Jesus, guys, it's Jiraga Airsoft. Welcome to the Safe Zone. As usual, this is a show where we chat about our experiences other people's experiences and general shenanigans in airsoft if you want to get involved because this is a conversation drop us a message on our facebook page reply to our comments or send us a dm on instagram which you can find out at the end of the show hey before we get into this episode um does anyone have any updates i, I haven't slept with a new gun every night this week what i mean what <laughs> what <laughs> you guys and uh, everyone who listens to the podcast is well aware that um i talk about a particular uh, Magpul PDRC quite regularly. The one that you don't have. Yeah, yeah, the, the one that I, the one that I uh, now do have. <gasps> what? No oh. way! Da, da, da. Bum, bum, bum. I know, right? It, it's almost like you know some of you knew about that. Hey, um, by the way, <laughs> happy birthday! That's oh, that. Yeah. That was a thing. Oh yeah, I, I got a, I got another year older, another year closer to retirement. I mean, what's it left? Five, five until retirement <laughs> now. <so>. Oi! <laughs> Respect <laughs> your elders. Okay, two. <laughs> Alright. Um but yeah, I have now added the Magpul PDRC to my uh growing collection. Was it everything that you expected it? Uh well admittedly I haven't been able to do much shooting with it apart from a little bit down the garden. Um but so far I am extremely impressed. It's it's different than a lot of AEGs out on the market, right? Just in the way that it functions, because I, I had a quick look at it. Uh, for those anyone who hasn't seen it, it is a bullpup style rifle, so the magazine's behind the trigger. Um, it's a little bit like the FNP90 in the way it's set out uh, with the built-in almost, I'm, I'm going to say foregrip, but it's not really a foregrip, it's just a handhold at the front, um, and... A nice short barrel. I haven't actually taken it out to have a measure, but I believe it's an eleven and a half inch barrel on the inside. It is tiny. I mean, yeah. I mean, the 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 barrel itself is like really long, but uh, yeah. the way that it looks because it's bullpup is tiny. Exactly. So it's actually it's one of the things I really like because I haven't I don't own a bullpup rifle. Well, actually, I do own a bullpup rifle. I have a uh, L eighty five, but I like the bullpup style of rifles. I think they really suit particularly CQB airsoft and that is what they're designed mm-hmm. for they're designed for yeah. close quarters but how do you get so, down on the on the rail because that that means that the the sights are directly next to your face yeah well see this is the interesting thing because I didn't notice until I really took a good look at it uh, I think the day after I got it actually it doesn't have any iron sights there's not even an iron sight built into the rail like there is on the um, FPG that I have 
Yeah, it's because they just, they're just like, nah, you're not going to be able to get your face down that far. No point putting one down. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, to be fair, I mean, you are you right. I don't know where difficult. Joe can get his face. <laughs> <laughs> I was really intrigued at how minimalist that gun is. Yeah, they, um, they call it an anti-snag design. So there is nothing that protrudes from it at all. <laughs> Uh, are we going to have this all <laughs> yes you started it we're we going to have to really think about what we say this yes. episode this, aren't we I tell you what I'm going to have so much editing to do on this one <laughs> Okay. so there is nothing that sticks out on the gun there are no protruding parts at all uh, there is no fire selector it's a uh, dual it's the trigger type so it's built so a short press is single fire a single single shot and then um, you fully depress the trigger for fully fully automatic, so that's See, quite nice. That, that's not that's not normal. That's really interesting in in its design. Yeah, there aren't many um, airsoft guns that do it or that pull it off well. I think and, there's a couple. And what's but, and what does it do for safety? Uh, so there isn't a safety. The safety is on the trigger. Mm-hmm. So if your hand if your finger is on the trigger, then you can shoot. Um, there's no additional safety at all. The only real sort of features, I suppose, on the rifle uh, is the mag release, but it's recessed. So although it's there's a button, it's sort of indented into the gun. So again, it doesn't protrude. Uh, there is a functioning bolt, but again, that's really small, so it's it doesn't really stick out. And there is a nice little button to flick or flip. Admittedly, it doesn't do anything on the airsoft version, but it flips which way cartridges are ejected. So it's a fully ambidextrous design as well. It's uh, it's a really interesting platform. Uh, I mm. think if if anyone gets a chance to have a look at it, it's very different to everything out uh, everything else. Not in, I, I I would say not all in a good way. No, it's not bad. It's no, just that's it's, fair. When you're used to certain um, features on a gun, something so minimalist like this and this anti snag kind of design. I don't know. It feels like there's stuff missing. It upsets um, the apple cart. You know, it just it like makes you double think about the we've kind of like the inner stuff. There's like a structure. There's like you have the the mag release. You have the trigger switch. You have you know like the safety and the and now it's kind of like just shifted it. It's taken all the the rules all the of airsoft. Expect, yeah. yeah, yeah, and be like, ah, see you later. Let's uh, yeah. let's try something new. Absolutely, uh, and it's it is an interesting platform. I'm really looking forward to getting it out onto a field. Um, I think I'm we're more well, myself and Chris are coming down to you at some point, George. So I think I may bring it with me then and yeah, yeah, have yeah, a bit yeah. of a shoot at a field. We'll do it, do it on the range. So we've been um, messing around with uh, attack sense targets. Thanks, thanks, You're George. <laughs> I, I, sensed, I that, sensed it. Yeah, that was nice. Was like, that was uh, a nice. <laughs> okay. It was a nice attempt. It was good. It was good. <laughs> um, how were those targets, Hannah? How how did you find them? They were fun. They were cool. They were they were all the objectives I can think of that are good. Um, <laughs> they were just it just kind of t- changes the dynamic and um, stuff that really interests me is like getting your quick draw and you know how quick does it uh, take for you to shoot five people down? You know, generally in airsoft, you never get that information because everything's in gameplay. They're just really fun. Just actually backing up a little bit. For anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, we released a video <laughs> on Friday with these guys called Attack Sense. They have created and made some Wi-Fi enabled gaming targets, which are body sized aluminium sheets with a sensor that detects a hit anywhere on that, that platform, 
on the front are kind of corrugated plastic panels which to absorb the impact of any bbs and uh, an led um light to, that kind of goes green red uh yellow uh, and what they are used for are different game modes and they are individual game modes uh, where you can do left to right sequences there's like a hostage situation game mode where some of the targets will be green, some of them will be red. You're not allowed to shoot the green ones. If you do, then it's game over. <laughs> or there's just like training, there's uh, target yeah, practice. Yeah. You know, where Gallery. different, yeah, different ones just light up at different times, and you have to try and shoot it before the LED goes out. It's really cool, uh, really fun technology, and like I say, they're, they're all Wi-Fi enabled, and that for me was was super exciting. So to be able to take that technology and apply it to even one target is fu- mm-hmm. has functionality. Yeah. You know, so you're able to go, actually, I want to practice my draw. Uh, I want to get quicker at drawing. I want to get quicker at shooting. I want to understand uh, how my accuracy works. Um, you just set it on a random timer. Uh, it'll go off and you have to draw and it'll tell you uh, your average time over a certain amount of yeah. uh, shots. What it does is exactly what you're saying, where it enables you as an individual to be able to uh, play airsoft in a meaningful yeah. way. You know, you're not just doing it for, you're not shooting a cardboard box in the living room for fun. You are able to actually uh, have a fully, um, fully productive airsoft session without having anyone else around, if that's yeah. what you chose to do. Uh, and and you can practice your fundamentals of shooting. So you're no longer uh, required to uh, to go to a site. You could have just one target. And um, one thing I was looking when I was watch I watched the video and yeah, I saw the think? system. I thought it was really good. And this is going like parents of airsoft. Listen out. Listen. Out, this is an idea. Get one of these systems. We could put it around the house in your garden around the house. Get your kids a Nerf rifle, and then you could go around breaching clear around your own house. Amazing! <laughs> I thought about this, and I was like, "Oh my god, I could do this!" Or because they it... are they are designed to also take Nerf bullets, like so mm-hmm. that that would pick yeah. up. So that's, that's what I mean. I mean, and wicked. Nerf Nerf guns aren't limited to your house. No, yeah. that's yeah. only airsoft. That's what I mean. So you could literally <laughs> you put it around your anywhere. house in your you back garden. Get... You could literally just like there's a hostage situation. You've got to breach free into your house, <laughs> get up to the top bedroom, and rescue the hostage. And you're oh my god, go full this on. Is... I am. I'm going to buy you some just so you. you <laughs> I, I was going to say you do realise that that is exactly what Chris has been thinking. He's gone. <laughs> Not parents, me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, about it, the amount of training I could get from that would be great. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Uh, oh, just and really quickly, that, has I that fuzz it, gone? Yes. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually really interesting because uh, perspective, not just, <laughs> I mean, I love that idea, but uh, also the ability for teams to buy these as a set mm-hmm. um, and then separate them in, in, into their individual targets. Because you could, that effectively means that if a set is five, and that's about 400 quid. So you get uh, four people, 100 pound each, uh, buy a set. Those targets can then go to those individual houses and everyone can still do something with them. But then they can bring them together and set up some kind of um, mm-hmm. breaching clear course, you know, and, and you can do your team training with that. Oh, I love these targets. And I think the tech side of it is really interesting. I can't go into too much detail about the, the tech itself because a lot of it is proprietary and, and the attack sense guys have been working for two years on it. Um, but we haven't seen, I haven't seen something uh, tech wise come from the target sector in a very long time. Mm-hmm. However, 
moving on to today, Chris, I, I'm going to definitely let you take over in a moment, but uh, I got a message the other day on um, Instagram by Cameron M. Heath. He said, love the podcast. Here's an idea. It would be cool if you got uh, a gun tech on one episode to see what is popular at the moment, what everyone is wanting, and what he thinks about airsoft as, as a sport as it gets larger. Just an idea. Now, we don't have an airsoft tech on, but I it's almost like he read our minds. We definitely <laughs> want to talk about techs, right? Yes, that's what it is. Absolutely. So, yourselves, have you had your guns teched by anyone, or have you done it yourself? If I had more time, I would love especially gas guns, I would love to grab a gas gun and take it apart and put it all back together. What kind of gas gun are we talking? Pistols or I don't or know. Uh, either. Uh, just the mechanics. Like, when I was younger, I used to change brake pads and I used to, on cars, and I used to love, like, all the, the way things all fit and then they work and they do a job. You used to change brake pads on cars? <laughs> oh, you should have done mine. Who are you? <laughs> My dad's a mechanic and I used to be his, like, little apprentice. He used to follow him everywhere uh, and do everything I, with him. Why have I just paid for a mechanic to do mine? Why couldn't I just come to you? <laughs> why have I just had to pay for a mine to be fixed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not being funny, but Hannah, this is the sort of thing we need to know about. <laughs> <laughs> Where was this in your player profile? Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh... I don't, I'm not sure if I remember how to do it now. Uh, but well, when on that, that note, I do need my rear ones doing. So if I bring I... the car down to you... you Joe, can... she <laughs> just says she's not sure if she remembers how to do it. Well, well hey, how, how, how bad could it be? It's only brakes, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not necessary. Only. The front only ones break. still work. <laughs> um, yeah, the front ones will be fine. But it's like, I don't know, the idea of being able to be like... It's a bit like Lego, but for adults. I just... Hey, Lego is for adults. Yeah, you touched the nerve there. Oh, all right, okay. Just being able to take something apart and put it back together and know what all the parts do and how it all works and you know the beautiful simplicity and craziness of it all. But I don't have time for that. If you want to borrow my gas rifle, Hannah, and take it apart, you're more than welcome to. Just as long as you don't lose that little metal rod that he lost on his other gas. I've got this. I've got this rod that's come out of this gun, and it just doesn't. It just does not go back in. So I threw it away, and it the gun just still doesn't work. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> that's my experience of Tekken. The idea of it's great. The practicality just won't happen. I think we can all relate to that. I'll be honest. I think we we've all gone. Oh, this would be really cool, and then halfway through the project we've run out of time and a gearbox may have sat open on a desk for months and that right george i literally just turned around to see if it was still there <laughs> <laughs> it is i think i think we've all done that mistake i mean i got when i got my gng i was like i've got to change the spring ah that's how easy as this can be it'd be fine and then like took the screws out and yeah the main spring just twang gearbox went in the air all the parts went everywhere and yeah it was i was 52 pickup all over the floor <laughs> <laughs> every gun i buy now has to have a quick change spring <laughs> yeah yeah or when or when the the tiniest little screw gets you lose it and then you realize it's just like stuck to the motor like a because it's all magnetic <laughs> <laughs> you spend hours like looking that. for it hey at least it's not you put it back together and you still have a couple of screws left and you're like hang on a second there weren't <laughs> spare screws when i took this apart I actually, I, I saw a post on Facebook earlier on today uh, with that exact issue. Um, the, <laughs> the guy had gone, oh, look, I, I did this today, and then I put it all back together. And there was a, a little plastic bit 
I don't understand what it is or where it's from. I hope it's not important. Are you sure? Are you sure that wasn't just Joe posting? <laughs> yeah, Oi, it's a little brass rod. <laughs> but I think uh, I think Hannah's point about you know gas guns versus um, AEGs. Well, I'm, okay, Hannah's not didn't make that point, but the idea that gas guns are actually quite um, quite easy because they're mechanical as opposed to uh, electrical and and pistols i think are the best way to start because mm. you can relatively easily field strip every pistol and if you're able to to do that and start looking at how they function figuring it out you don't have to go too much into depth for example you don't have to go into the triggers you don't yeah. have to go into the gas blowback housing if you can just field strip it down to a certain level you can then start thinking, oh, well, this actually interacts with this. This then interacts with that. And and it becomes a, a kind of a, a knowledge experiment about how actually uh, things, how these things work. As soon as you go to AEGs, now I bought a uh, G&G Raider just to take it apart. Mm. Yeah, you it, did, didn't you? I did, yeah. It was brand new. Mm. It was uh, £125. And it was the cheapest of the cheap of, of, of the line, uh, just so that I could go, all right, I know kind of how AGs work. Maybe I, maybe I just want to teach myself. So I bought one, I took it all apart, and I practiced putting it all back together. And as I did that, I was learning what was, what was interacting with what, uh, how the piston related to the gears, uh, what was happening with the airflow, where there were issues... Um, with compatibility uh, and and what the wires were doing and, and kind of mm. in its bare essential state, version 2 gearbox, super easy. You know, it's version 3 gearbox, super easy. It's once you add the electronics that mm-hmm. it becomes difficult. But I wouldn't have been able to do that with the AEGs had I not taken apart tons of gas guns, uh, gas pistols, and stripped uh, my sniper rifles, stripped my MP9, that one. Um, was really interesting because I had to effectively build it again from the ground up, which meant <laughs> that I had to take all of the internals out. I had to go into the, the trigger assembly. Is that the one that got delivered in a bad condition? Yeah, yeah. It's delivered yeah, yeah. without bubble wrap, just in yeah. a box, yeah. fla- mm. flailing around. Um, and and that, because of that, it meant that I had to go and diagnose what was wrong with it. And uh, f- you know, you do your research on on the forums. You find out common problems and you go oh actually that kind of sounds like what i've i've had an issue with let me just see that oh it is the the issue that i've had wait you're and now you're, i you're self-diagnosing through google <laughs> has your doctor not warned you about this <laughs> i think it's okay for certain things um wait wait i think i, I, I think my gun has cancer <laughs> <laughs> i mean that is exactly the way it's gonna go <laughs> In that process, you then start thinking, okay, well, how am I going to fix this? Let's look at someone else's example. Let's mm-hmm. ask someone else who has done it. Oh, my God. Now there's a community. Now there's a, a back and forth. I, actually, I'm talking about the issues that I'm having with my um, gas blowback stuff with other people. And there's a, a conversation going on. And that in itself is quite an interesting aspect of teching. The interesting thing you put there is that when you had a problem, you then hit the forums and you went in and you like Hannah said, you had a bit of a Google and you'd self-diagnose through <laughs> Google to figure out what was wrong with it. And historically, that has always been the problem. It's figuring out where the issue is, particularly now with 
electronic units in there and electronic triggers and MOSFETs. That's, I mean, so true. I have a gearbox currently in my APS um, that is non-functioning. It's what I perceive to be an electrical problem and it's out of my skills to to kind of fix. But this is the point. Because so many bits now are sealed or proprietary or on such a small scale, particularly particularly when we start adding micro switches in with mm-hmm. um, programming um, chips mm-hmm. and all this lot, there's stuff that you genuinely cannot repair yourself. Um, but on the topic of diagnosing things, there is actually a little bit of innovation coming out of ICS. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this the, was at the IWA. We, we, the, yeah. yeah, yeah, we saw this there. And diagnosing what's wrong with your gun when it's broken is a little bit of a, a sort of a tangent when it comes to airsoft tech. And it's really interesting see, to see that there's a manufacturer that's gone, huh, we might be able to do something here. Um, and it's a really interesting idea. They call it the self-diagnostic shooting system. And there's a little, again, there's a little chip inside your gun. So something else that could go wrong and what's wrong with it me (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i am broken (laughs) (laughs) but there's a little led when you take off the upper receiver and depending on what color the led is and whether or not it's flashing or whatever it will tell you what roughly what is wrong with your gun so it will tell you i'm just gonna sort of go through really quickly what it's it can diagnose it can tell you if there's an issue with the gears motor or cutoff lever that's one option. It'll tell you if there's an issue with the MOSFET or electronic unit. That's another function. It'll tell you if there's an issue with the trigger assembly or if there's an tr- issue with the fire selector assembly. So you can now narrow down your issue to one of basically four things. And at easily. that point, you can go, well, uh, I'm going to have to take it all apart anyway. <laughs> yeah, basically. But you now know what you have to sort of, which alley you have to go down. Chris. You said you've um, you took your G and G apart when you got it, and it went everywhere. You've taken other guns apart, though, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've took my two two six apart, my pistol, mm-hmm. and I, I I do agree with George that like pistols are gas blowback pistols are by far the most easiest ones mm. ever. I mean, I still remember one. Well, I think one of the first times I ever took a nineteen eleven apart was when we were at Bespoke when they did that challenge thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it was just like, oh yeah, we're gonna make it take this gun apart and rebuild it in a time frame and i was like what and then and i didn't realize after doing it I was like it was like second nature like, eh, yeah let's go <laughs> you, i was so how, close to winning but snap <laughs> how did you find the uh, fn 2000 you put that picture up on insta didn't you yeah yeah i it's yeah it's different i think more than anything it's the trigger obviously because it's got a mm-hmm. bar it goes right across down mm-hmm. the body and then to the end that's, I think I can see myself having problems with that, <laughs> getting it right. Yeah. But other than that, the gearbox itself is pretty sta- standard, uh, isn't sta- it? Standard setup. I've I've slowly learned now how to take a gearbox apart without springing my gear across the whole <laughs> place. And for those people who may be interested in taking their own apart, what is the easiest way to do that? If you don't have a quick change spring that comes out before you uh, take the shell apart, what effectively you need to do is take a screwdriver, apply pressure. Um, to the spring uh, and hold it down take the shell off that pressure will uh, prevent the spring from um, from actually going everywhere and then you can depress that um, tension at Slowly. your own yeah at your own pace uh, and, yeah, and so, do it more controlled 
so at the back end of your gearbox, there should be a hole that you can fit a nice long screwdriver into, and you can apply some mm -hmm. pressure. Uh, it has to be a nice long screwdriver, though. Nice long. And you screw things, yeah? What? No, 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 you don't do it. You just slide it in. You slide it right you slide in. It, you slide it in. And, and just apply yeah. some pressure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we cleared that up. yeah，就是tip，就是tip，yeah，对，就是tip，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no，no
it's all sorted, sorry about the problems, etc. And obviously now he's learned himself to tech and opened up the gearbox, he realised how bit of a bad of a job that he did. Oh, really? <laughs> but, yeah, it was said it was good, but it was like he was noticing where he said he did things and it actually wasn't done. Right, and so the, this then becomes the the question is hobby hobby tech versus mm-hmm. professional tech, and and or if there's a difference. Yeah, you know, because actually, Steve has taught himself how to tech. Yeah, I've taught myself how to tech. I would not trust myself teching someone else's, at least charging, you know, for oh no, my, for no. any tech work. I would say I will have a go, but uh, if you want it done true and proper, to take it to uh, a shop to get it done. What annoys me is when I hear shops that have taken in a a, a tech project. A tech project that has previously been upgraded by either uh, another individual or another shop in some cases, where they've done really dodgy things to cut mm-hmm. costs, mm-hmm. like cutting springs. I've heard of techs mm. cutting springs and then um, reinserting those springs, the pointy end, into the plastic pistons and... And then wondering why they break. Oh my god, yeah. And then uh, after a while, everything is just absolutely mangled. Mm. And and like this, these are prof- sometimes professional services. So even even at that level, it's a it's a case of like, how do you trust that the tech that you're working with is uh, good? You know, mm. or or how if you're not a tech, how do you know that the practices that the tech that you go to are actually best practices? Because anyone can make something work, but only it's like, it's like anyone anyone can cut someone's hair, but yeah. Oh, interesting <laughs> analogy. <laughs> but or, or anyone can you can... actually cut someone's hair? <laughs> anyone can change the brakes on your car. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because Chris, you were doing you did a little bit of research, um, and there isn't really any standardized sort of rating or qualification system for an airsoft tech is it you were saying who who were you saying tried one or does one um evite did one i think they called it the airsoft nation technician certification program that's a nice easy thing to say (laughs) rolls off the tongue yeah yeah. which is like 89 us dollars and you can it gives you like a whole list of what they do in-depth test and certified by evike and stuff but like I say, Airsoft if, Nation Technician Certification Program. Program. Yeah. <laughs> Test one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you could say it, you can move on. It certifies you into demonstrating a basic knowledge of a Tokyo Mirui base version to Gearbox M4 platform. So it only teaches you on an M4 platform. And mm. actually, that's a very basic thing to, to yeah. have to know. You can definitely teach yourself that. The mm. ASG definitely do their own certification for the evo they basically invite technicians out to denmark to actually see how they're uh, put together and and go through the manufacturing process there and uh, then and there in the warehouse and i think yeah Mm. i think that's a great idea it doesn't necessarily mean that those (laughs) those practices are adhered to elsewhere i've heard uh, and and uh, you know again no names because it's only third-hand information but I've definitely heard of people who have been on that course who they, they don't have very stringent standards. I think the problem is that when people do this sort of thing, and I've, I've seen it in other fields, but you'll 
you yeah. go on a course, you've got a bit of knowledge already, so you've done a bit of tech work yourself, you've had, you've got your idea of what works, and then you go on this course and they go, no, don't do it like this, do it this way, and you come away going, nah, they don't know what they're doing, I'm going to carry on doing it my way, <laughs> you're like, mm, that's not how this works. Yeah, but I think I think this conversation doesn't just evolve around airsoft techs, it's like any freelance um uh, you know, like how do you employ a plumber? Yeah. You know, you, so, like you almost go by recommendation, don't you? Yeah. So what mouth. you're saying is yeah. that we need a trust a trader for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could work. I mean, that actually, that's work. what happens on Facebook. You know, yeah. people people yeah. recommend people that they they've worked with. No, but Me. that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I bet you you have exactly the same thing in your field, Hannah. You have people and George, to be fair, you you both photographers. You have um. You'll whoa, be doing whoa, whoa, something. Whoa. <laughs> I take photos. I'm a, I am okay at photography. I am not a photographer. Yeah, okay, but like okay, how, how but, do how do people employ you to be head of production? Like so, but so but okay. this is different. They're different they're different things. And, and actually, okay, so... that's a, but that the, no, but that, that that in and of itself is a really good example because I would not classify myself as a tech either, but I can mm, do fair. tech. So yeah, that's yeah. yeah, fair. Like it, yeah. And and like that, I think is is where there's a, just a ton of grey area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and actually, in the oh god, we've had this conversation for brands, right? Yeah. The idea yeah. of what is a sponsor. There's so much grey area, especially mm-hmm. in airsoft, where where actually people haven't defined what it is and what it means to um, be able to deliver a certain thing. You know, you can, you might be able to put something back together and it work. But then, like six months down the line, is it still going to be working, or has what you've done now caused more internal damage that now there's twice as much repair work to do? I mean, I think that's a really good point because when we're relying on word of mouth and Facebook reviews it's trust. and that sort of thing, it is. And on the whole, I think everyone, most people that again work through Facebook are going to be fairly trustworthy on the whole. Mm-hmm. But of yeah. course, you get the cowboy techs who you know they do it in their mm-hmm. front room they do it on their coffee table a bit like <laughs> i do when i'm taking other people's guns apart but i don't charge <laughs> that one clear and they don't always know what they're doing they go yeah i'll take a look at that for you not yeah, having a clue yeah. what they're doing when they start off but then and they use it as a learning experience but they yeah. charge as if they're a professional tech well interestingly john uh, who is currently working at wolf armories Okay. A, he's the first person that ever sold me an airsoft rifle. Uh, uh, my GMP. So oh, yeah. He's the first person that sold me my proper airsoft rifle as opposed to the JG stuff I had. <laughs> but he also did a lot of my tech work for for many years. Uh, I would just take it to him um, because he knew what he was doing with um, AEGs and he was um, really knowledgeable in everything else. And also, he does custom um, he does custom builds both with pistols and with shotguns. And they are beautiful and immaculate and uh, function really well. And I took my MP9 to him before I did anything. And uh, even he, as experienced as he is, he would have to YouTube how to take certain guns Mm -hmm. apart. But that's, I mean, okay, that's a really fair point. But that is genuinely how things work. I mean, Chris, I'm sure you can vouch for this. See, going back to the fact that we work in IT, there are occasions when we need to take computers apart, laptops apart. Um, for me, it's a lot of iPads and things. 
and half the time yeah I do go to YouTube I do go to various um, repair websites because I like to make sure I'm not going to cause any further damage yeah um, and yeah they he could John could probably take a look at your MP9 and or other guns and figure it out but a it's time that he doesn't have Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that he might make the problem worse or might break something. Uh-huh. And then that's going to cost him more to get it repaired. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. And there's also the hindsight of view kind of thing. Of you can look at something and go, oh, there's that little fiddly bit of cable. But obviously, if you've never took it apart before, you could pull the cable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's it. And, mm-hmm. and someone has always done it before you. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very rare you'll be the first person to do it. So you just have to have a look and see what someone's put up. And actually, so I've been doing a, a lot of training in project management um, at the minute. And. One of the things that uh, we we always uh, have to look at is whether or not it's been done before. That's that's one of the the key things for any project. It's mm-hmm. all right. What is the define what it is that I want to do, and then look to see if anyone else has done it before. If someone else has done it before, what have, what are the learnings from that, and use that to kind of inform your practice moving forward. However, what it does do for me is kind of raise the question of when airsoft companies are hiring technicians what are the qualifications that they are requiring in order to do those those positions so are they looking for general engineering qualifications because i'm i'm not going to i'll be honest a mechanical engineer or an electronics engineer will have a good understanding of how the mechanics of an aeg work or the electronics of an aeg work pretty sure i confident enough to say that most people will not have a background <laughs> yes, in engineering. I, think, I completely agree. I think if a shop is hiring a tech, they have to find themselves responsible for that tech. Mm. Therefore, they need to put through they need to go through certain almost like an interview process, but you know, or they have however, to be willing however, to train someone to, to yeah, their standards. But however, that's the making the assumption that that company know what the hell they're talking about in the first that place. That's true, well, yeah. The, yeah, this is the, precisely the point, isn't it? But then the other side of that is you go, if the company are hiring someone as their tech, anything that that tech that does wrong is on the company, it's not mm-hmm. on the tech. But you yeah. hear so many... You Yeah, but that, that's, fi- that's a fine point, but you hear so many stories about companies that do custom tech work mm-hmm. who don't live up to their their end of the bargain if it doesn't work no you're absolutely right and i i think that that's a that's an issue for the community because they need to as a community i, I was going to say crack down but the community can't crack down on these but the community can stop using those manufacturers those techs those shops yeah so i one of my first jobs i worked for quite a large chain uh, store that sold secondhand goods, but it was all ele- electronic equipment. And without giving the name away, I'm sure you can figure out which company that was. It's an XC, right? Uh, yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, in order for me to get that job, I had to prove that A, I had a decent understanding of computers and technology, but also that I was competent enough to be able to fix them. So I went through like three months of I wasn't able to fix anything on my own. I always had to have someone over my shoulder going. Joe, did they did they let you stay? Did they let me stay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. App- apparently, I was all right. Well, that says uh, says everything then. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> Oi. D- did you ever leave uh, the five millimeter rods? Out <laughs> I'm not going to live this and down. Am I? Wonder, I, I wonder why it didn't <laughs> work. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, for his next uh, birthday, he's going to get a pack of little brown rats. If, if there are any techs listening in that would like to try and fix a 226 that is a missing a little metal rod, um, you're more than welcome to. I am not prepared to pay George to do it, but welcome to let him have I, I will charge you nothing. Just give it to me, and I will either break it until I need to get someone to uh, Break it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> I will break it further, wow. or I will fix it. Those are your two options. Uh, I'm, I'm not too keen on that first one, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I feel the the other end of um, text is that sometimes you just kind of get a really bad, like you might buy a like a, a bad gear, I don't know, not a bad gearbox, but like things just don't work. I think, and no, Hannah, you're absolutely right. That sometimes you, can, you do get a bad gearbox, yeah, you do get a you, lemon. Yeah, you open up a gun, you think, right, this is the problem, fix that. You're like, ah, oh, wait, no, it's not the problem. It's obviously not the problem. So how do we, how do we go about this? And that you might, in from a customer's perspective, it might take three times as long. Um, and you think, oh god, these like make me wait, and blah blah blah. He's now charged me like twice as much as for a part list because, like, you, I don't know, you might get the wrong impression. But this guy is just, or this woman might just be racking their brains and not being able to get something fixed because you know yeah. like there's there's more there's more um not components but there's more things, things that, could, that go wrong. Can, could go wrong that yeah. no one would expect but what you what you're expecting is when if you go to if you go to a tech and you go my gun doesn't shoot yeah you expect them to go okay so what happens and then you go well every time i pull the trigger nothing happens at all then you then generally a reasonable tech will go okay is there a battery plugged in mm-hmm. and is the battery yeah. charged and then they'll be able to sort of narrow down what it is before they get to it but you're absolutely right sometimes you do just get a really dodgy gearbox i know george someone mentioned on your last video your infamous one about the um, tm recoil <laughs> <laughs> um someone i can't remember the gentleman's name but someone was chatting about how quality control isn't always there with airsoft like it is with real world firearms Mm -hmm. i can't remember the chap i don't know if you remember the comment aria salipor um but i think that's a very fair point because sometimes the the idea is that airsoft um riffs are basically toys yeah so there isn't necessarily yeah. the same level of quality control. So sometimes you do get something that's just a bit dodgy, like you yeah. said, Hannah, where things just keep going wrong. Or something's not working, you've taken it apart, had a look, put it back together, then taken it off to a tech and not been honest. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. It, isn't there often normally um, like a warranty if you buy it from a shop, it should be, um, there should be like a year. As I think without going without going into that too much, I think that's another problem for another time with the warranties <laughs> and how they are upheld. Yeah, in yeah, some yeah. cases, but yeah, I think we've touched on it before somewhere. Yeah, yeah we I think did. we have. We did. Um, so, but I was thinking, um, so you might end up with a lemon, but or you might go, I like this gun. Let's mm. make it better. Upgrading mm-hmm. is another thing, right? Upgrading yeah. is a, is is so teching is one skill. Upgrading is a slightly slightly different skill because actually it requires knowledge mm-hmm. about what different parts will do and mm. uh, how they will work together and if they will work together and what kind of 
what effect that's going to have. Yeah, because we're talking about tolerances just a moment ago. Those tolerances are going to be different with a completely different variety of parts. And so by going for a quick speed build, you need like a good tech needs to be aware of and to be able to inform the customer of the realities of those of those mm-hmm. decisions. Hey, we can make it shoot really, really fast, but what you might find is we'll strip a piston a lot quicker or your gears might get chewed up after a certain amount of time. Um, these are the risks involved with doing these types of builds. Upgrading is something that a lot of people do, and I think that's kind of where a lot of issues come in with the, the dodgy techs, you know, because the idea is, oh, make this better, and mm-hmm. and technicians who aren't necessarily professional um but have a decent idea like i'm not saying they're bad but they have a decent idea Mm. of what they're doing me for example i would class myself as one of these people i would be able to go all right i want to make my gun better in these ways i will make that happen but i don't have enough foresight to be able to go that will affect the gun in the long run in these ways Mm. and i think that is an important skill that uh, a good tech should be able to have. I think also there's compatibility, depending mm-hmm. on... Because you could sit... One tech could sit there and go, yeah, I've took guns apart, I've upgraded loads of an M4 platform, and then someone goes, oh, here's my AK. It's a completely different setup. Yeah. But also manufacturers, actually, on, on that note. Because yeah. you can go, hey, uh, I have a KWA here. Oh, sorry, I don't work on KWAs. I'm, I'm a TM only. No, pe- people do. They have a specialty or they have something that they are familiar with and they don't Classic want to step army, out of that. You know, yeah. But as you said, like KWA, obviously, they've got the proprietary gearbox so some people some people will specialize in the kwa say the ergs because it's a proprietary gearbox compared to people will try a tm gearbox they're all like say minefield and and as things are becoming more proprietary you know as as gearboxes and um guns in general are becoming more advanced and they're getting more and more features do you feel like we are getting into that realm where actually we should be having that kind of certification for each individual manufacturer. I, I don't necessarily think that there needs to be one for each individual manufacturer, but I do think... Well, I think, look at it this way, right? Yeah, so, ASG have the preferred tech list. Mm-hmm. If we had that for every um, every manufacturer, we would then be able to build a database of of different oh, techs oh, no, no. That, were, that were actually trained and... In, in, trained in those specific um, types of guns, which means that you could, as a customer, have enough kind of faith in the tech that you're taking it to, bec- and you'll be able to have a more choice because you know who is specialised in the thing that you need doing. But what yeah. do you say, though, being specialised would then be a price increase because they're specialised provider? Um, I was to say that's well, the issue because they're gonna these manufacturers are definitely gonna charge for those sort of certifications. But they're not gonna charge for but they're not gonna charge for other things. As in they're not gonna then service other brands. Mm-hmm. So you instead of being a technician that does everything, you just as a company, you just go, We work on these three platforms. Yeah. You know, um and as a result we charge this, but we don't service any of this. I mean mm-hmm. that's uh, that's ideal for some situations, but you've got things now where you've got new brands coming in. Those brands would have to have their own certification program, which launches uh, for, with the brand. Well, I mean, only for then, proprietary stuff. Well, this this is this is where sort of where I was going to. So if you 
going back to the car analogy because it's actually quite good you don't <laughs> need a tech you don't need to find a mechanic that deals with your specific brand of car for a lot of jobs because yeah, yeah, okay. they're fa- they're fairly general so if you want someone to look at if you want your piston upgraded as long as it's a standard setup and most techs will be able to tell you very quickly whether it's a standard setup you can go ah i can go to any of these techs if however it's something with a proprietary gearbox or you know something that's a little bit different then you go ah, i actually i need to stick to someone who knows that specialism does that make sense yes literally we are literally going to have to follow in the yeah. car industry footsteps yeah or, I, I think or you're tracks right. tracks yeah. let's go yeah, tracks. But- <laughs> Isn't it on? Uh, I feel like almost in the car industry, they're like big toys, really. Like some of them. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's so many parallels between. Uh, and yeah. this no, is no, exactly I think, why it's I a think good. That's why it's good. Yeah. They, and they you're have... supposed to get your gun serviced every year, so I suppose we're getting to an MOT. <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Uh, God, that'd be that'd be a nightmare. Uh, yeah. You bring, bring your gun to a site. Have you had that MOT'd? <laughs> Can I see the certificate, please? License yeah. and registration. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. That, that, that gun's not taxed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that right there. That's not a new car. Ed. When Uh-oh. was the last time you had your FPS checked on this, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, last time I brought it to the site. But um, upgrading, I feel like, um, is a very kind of personal thing. I don't know. From my experience of what Lewis does, it's like a um, you. A bit like fixing guns, like you have, you know what you want to do, so you figure out what it is you need to buy and get, how it's all going to work, this does that, you know. Yeah, like it's, a, it's like a, almost like just as awarding as playing. Um, yeah, yeah, once like, you... yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely an aspect beyond um, playing to tech that or is, not to yeah, te- yeah, like I, because I love, I love taking certain certain guns apart and having a look at them and trying to figure out how to fix them or make them better yeah uh, however um if i'm sending it somewhere i want to know that there is a level of competence oh yeah yeah my, of course. my level i, I think yes. that's exactly right i think because we've all taken guns apart to a to an extent before and some of us have even put them together with all of the pieces in well careful hang on but with yourself and George, and obviously the years of experience of Airsoft, obviously techs back then weren't a common thing as they are now. Oh, Would that's you true. say that you trained mm. yourselves to actually be more of a tech? Because if it's broke back in that day, it was like, oh, it's broke, I'm going to have to fix it myself, compared to now where it's like there's techs everywhere. Before I moved to London after university, uh, so this must have been 2013, um, I took Eons a... Ago. I took a non-functioning rifle, I think it might have been the GMP, um, to a gun tech in Northampton. I took it in and I went, hey, I've had a look at um, certain bits. Uh, I can't get it to to function anymore. I think it's the motor. I think the motor is locked up. Um, Can you uh, sort it out, have a look? They had it for uh, five weeks. And in that fifth week, I was like, Hey, I'm just you know checking in to see you know what's what's going on, and I got an immediate response. Uh, I hadn't rushed them until that, uh, that until that point, but I hadn't heard anything, so I pushed them on it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's just not working. That like everything's wrong." And and I, and they kind of went through what they'd tested, and I and I said, "Um, have you tested the motor? I I think it's the motor." And then I went in to pick it up, and I was like, 
I'd I'd basically come to the conclusion: just give it a new gearbox, right? It's a I know it's a GMP gearbox, um, but you've got a you've got a JG uh, upgraded gearbox. As long as they're fine, I, at this point I just need it to work so I can actually take it out to play with it. And so I went in to pick it up, and the morning that I went in, they decided to finally try out the <laughs> motor. And they were like, oh, yeah, no, the motor's locked up. Um, so we've just had to, like, really uh, crank it. And, and it took us, like, two hours to get that to work. And they said that, like, it was an accomplishment. <laughs> and and that now they don't have to change the gearbox. And I was like, but I, you've had this for five weeks. And I told you this five weeks ago, yeah. And, and I said, you know, to die, I, I was like, you're supposed to be a competent tech. And you didn't troubleshoot the most basic of things, like does the motor spin on its own, <laughs> yeah. free from the gearbox? Yeah, I think that's that's a massive issue, particularly back then as well, because there wasn't that men. Well, this is really bad grammar. Techs weren't that common back then, so when you did find one, you you didn't have too much of a choice. Yeah, and. Mm. I mean, I'm not going to lie, five weeks to have your gun and not be able to do anything with it is appalling in anyone's book, I would have thought. Well, it um, is unless unless they're able to inform you of a waiting list. Yeah, fair. No, that's that's reasonable. But I there are... There you, are would have, you would have hoped you'd have got that when you took it in. That is another thing that I, I have a, a bit of an issue with, though, is like waiting lists for um, upgrade companies now, because there are specific companies that upgrade mm-hmm. things. Um, waiting lists are so long, and I know it's because they do a really good job, but it also means that you're out of action for up to, like, three months. Yeah. You're not allowed to book that in and then take your gun in the week before, right? No. Instead, you have to book it in and send your gun straight away for them to then wait wait with that in queue and i'm like well actually you could you could fix it in that time well and it's not even that but if it's an upgrade it probably still works you could be playing yeah. with it in those three months it's almost actually, like we need to take another step towards the car manufacturer method of booking your service in or your yeah yeah and yeah. actually um one of the other things that these companies are doing uh they are allowing you to pay to skip the queue but they're charging like five to six hundred to do that. That's a little bit cheeky. Not a little bit cheeky. That's insanely cheeky. But the problem is, yes, people are doing that, and so it the, justifies them doing it. And the reason that that's more of a problem is that everybody is doing that, which means that they're just ending up back in the, the <laughs> same queue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they're paying six hundred, five, six hundred pounds. Yeah. Just, just to end up back in the place that they were at before, because they paid to skip the queue, but actually everyone's paid to skip the queue, so they're back at the end of the queue. <clears throat> what they should be doing is using that money to take to train up new people to their standards. Oh my god, that's such a good idea, Hannah. Oh my god. Oh my should... god. <laughs> you should. I, I, we, we should put you in touch with every single one of these companies just oh, yeah. so you can say that yeah. to them. <laughs> and then they wouldn't have to be for six hundred pound extra because they'll just have enough text to work on stuff all the time oh yeah what you need that done in, in two weeks we can do that boom boom yeah no that's a mm. that's a really good point all right so mm. um who goes to who do you have any of uh, any like preferred texts do you have anyone that you uh think does a really good job uh any custom guns or anything like that 
for me, no. Um, obviously, I said preferred tech is obviously Steve, but that's. But then again, that's because <laughs> that's... you know that Steve's had to to kind of teach himself to a certain standard, and you are able to trust the work that he does. Yeah. You're also you you live near him, and you know where like yeah. you can track him down. So there's a the trust <laughs> element there. Is we the know where you live, Steve. Uh, to be honest, I've haven't got a tech that I use. Uh, it's it's me, and as we <laughs> found out, I'm not that good. You should start <laughs> using a tech. Yeah. Well, I think we've established uh, that, that you should find one. It, it depends on the problem, I'm not going to lie. Um, electronics issues, I'm pretty good at Well, at the resolving. minute, I think you're the problem. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just cut out the middle, man. <laughs> I'm not sure I like any of you anymore. <laughs> this is a this is a very much uh, right. bully Joe. Episode, it is. It is. It's a You've bully got your Joe new episode. gun. Yeah. You know, you know just what? go you know go I, go I, in the I, other room, sit with her. I'm gonna fine. I'm gonna get my new gun on <laughs> with me now and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna can you can you can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Joe>. Well <laughs> Don't. Well that's Joe for the night. Right? See you yep. later. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. I How gun. are you now? Yep, this is this is lovely. Um lovely. I'm just gonna yeah. sit back and um, I'm gonna and in and enjoy your own show, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, stroke my gun. Just don't <laughs> strip it down. <laughs> Hannah, uh, is there anyone that you use or um, know of that is really kind of good? Um, I'm thinking I'm gonna be sending my ARP9 to Dave uh, Custom Airsoft, um, just because I know like I take photos for his store, but also just being there. Um, I see him working on stuff and like, I, I just see it in the flesh and like, I always hear him on phone conversations with his customers about, you know, the guns process and, um, how, you know, or people ring up and say, Hey, yeah, uh, we got the gun with you. You know, this is happening. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Just send it back. I'll take a look. I'll figure out what's wrong. You know, he just very, very customer orientated, like. Who do you take your guns to, George? Uh, so I've already mentioned John at Wolf Armories. Uh, I will always trust him to, to work on my, my guns. I actually got in touch with him yesterday just to kind of um, get his advice on some stuff. Uh, and then also the Airsoft Monkeys at uh, Combat UK. Um, Phil mm. is a very experienced tech. He trained Reese, who is now a very experienced tech. Uh, they make a ton of different types of, of builds, you know, uh, they they focus a lot on fast builds. I was uh, impressed then, with their knowledge. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, they're and and they also do HPA stuff and you know. Uh, also, they they put a lot of effort into trying to maximize what you get for the budget you have. I've I've been there in store when they've had conversations, not just them, but they've had conversations with the rest of the team about hey, what kind of upgrades do we think um, would work for this budget? Should I should I include one of those? Can we make a deal? Can we get that price down? Um, to include th this That's thing because it's cool. better, yeah, and I it like is, that. yeah, and I think that kind of collaborative approach to upgrades is uh, really left a mark on me. So I'd recommend. Do you, Do you think they'd know where a small metal rod needs to go inside a two two six? Oh, there you're bringing it up. Well, you know, I, you've done it several times today. I figured what's one more. Oh, and actually, there was one more. Uh, Bespoke Airsoft. Uh, James from Bespoke Airsoft is the guy that kind of took care of my striker platform i 
effectively I gave it to him and just said, hey, do all of the good things that you do to other other striker platforms and just make it work. And he did. He took it and he just put in everything that he thought would be suitable, including Bespoke Airsoft's own manufactured stuff, uh, the ED1 series of upgrade parts. And also every time I pose a question about it, he's just like, send it over. I'll have a have a little look and we'll optimize it and, and give it a service. And I really appreciate his experience and uh, appreciate kind of the customer service aspect of it all. So uh, I would definitely recommend Bespoke Airsoft as well. Have we have we had anything else social media wise? Have we had any input from anyone? Um, I was just reading through through the post now. Um, obviously, Jason from Combat UK, as George has already said, the Airsoft Monkeys. Um, a guy called Steve White eight one five one. He recommends his a tech his own tech guru called Simon. So whoever you are, Simon, thank shout you. Out Simon. <laughs> shout out to Simon. Shout out to Simon. Nice one, Simon. If you're listening, give us a message. Uh, who should we go to for our tech services, Simon? Simon. Simon. If you if you are the Simon, do get in touch because we'd like to see what you can do. Or I mean, okay, but but. Uh, do we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We would because I have a gun that isn't shooting because it's missing a little metal rod. But that's not. Can you fix it? It's hey, I don't know what this is. Can I? <laughs> can you fix it? Honest, that is such a specific thing. Give it to yes, me. It I will figure it out. But anyways, yeah. Good luck. We've also got um, Pierce, obviously call sign astronaut. He kind of explained that obviously he looks at his own guns himself and learns him teached himself. And he, yeah, and he's actually getting more and more impressive. Uh, he's a yes. really good example of someone that has gone, um, I have zero knowledge. What can I do to improve that knowledge? And he spent the last, uh, the better part of the last 18 months to two years um, learning about the fundamentals, learning about individual parts, and also uh, having discussions in certain communities. I know that on Patrol Base's community, um, he he was one of the highest... Um, highest feedback givers? That's not the right word. Uh, he input yeah, into yeah. conversation the most. Troubleshooters. Yeah, he, cool. yeah. And and like he's he's not the most experienced, but he's teaching himself and he's trying to impart things that he learns um, elsewhere in the community. I think I, he's a really good example. I do really like some of his build work he's been doing lately as well. I'm not gonna lie. So there you go, Piers. We're all uh, in approval of you and uh, yeah, the stuff that you've yeah. you've made. Good job. Yeah, keep keep it that up. That sounded condescending as shit. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mean it like that. Honest. This last one, um, it was um, commented. He's a regular listener. Um, four hundred four dot exe dot error. Mm. Oh yeah, you mentioned him in one of our previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, he said he had a problem with his gun. It didn't take it to an actual tech. He actually took it to his design technology teacher who fixed it. <laughs> what? Yes. So I mean, that, oh that, that is genius. I mean, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming he's not from the UK because I mean, that'd be a bit a bit scary to turn it up to school and go, "This gun doesn't work." But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I love that though. That's, yeah. that's but great. That's, but that shows how amazing. How, I mean, simple it can be yeah yeah i mean can you imagine so just bring in your rifle out yeah just just uh, no just at the end of a lesson <laughs> like okay kids uh any questions uh sir <laughs> can you can you fix my gun <laughs> i've got problems with my m4 can i bring it into you <laughs> but yeah amazing hobby for everyone <laughs> 
go cool. forth and break your guns. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, so on that note, uh, we just had a bit of feedback from Instagram. Um, Chris, where can people find us? They can find us at the Jiraga Airsoft Facebook page or the any of the major UK Airsoft Facebook pages. We do try and post um, questions on there, so make sure you do get involved. But you can also catch us on our Instagrams, which mine is carmen.airsoft. I'm G.I. Joski. I'm the Airsoft Photographer. And I am Jiraga underscore Airsoft. And if, if you can, pass this on to your friends or anyone else or get in touch on the social media platforms you actually listen on and actually give us a review because obviously help from you guys be massively to us. But until next time, we'll see you in the safe zone. <laughs>